The subject of this podcast is evaluation. Plan, execute, evaluate, and adjust part three. The secret to evaluation is self-awareness, and this is a huge factor in our learning process. Welcome to The Steadfast Life from Jake and Witt over at SteadfastLifeCoaching.com. Witt and I love sports, adventure, coaching, faith, growth, and above all, that fascinating space where all five come together. Let's see what that space has to offer us today. I am attempting to make a big change in my life. I am a sloucher and it is hurting my body. The key for me is to be self-aware until it becomes my default to have better posture, even if it takes five years. Luckily, I spend a lot of my day on Zoom and I can see myself. I also ask Whitney to remind me if I slouch. And as is often the case, the pain of staying the same has increased to the point that it is a great reminder to make the change. It hurts to slouch, so I remember to move my shoulders back. I lean on Zoom, Whitney, and my own pain to give me awareness, to give me self-awareness about when I'm slouching and when I'm not, because my body doesn't naturally tell me since I've been practicing it for so long and it feels so comfortable. Riley McKibben is a professional beach volleyball player, and he notes that the most important factor in your evaluation when trying to reach a goal is self-awareness. So I'm going to let him explain how big of a deal this is. His opinion carries a little extra weight for me because it is literally his job to improve efficiently. Now look, we are all looking for ways to hack the system and learn a new skill set as fast as possible, or better yet, faster than everyone else. We also all know what we are weakest at, and every day we try and train the proper technique to correct our flaws. We've all been in situations in which your coach knows and explains the proper technique to perform a certain skill hundreds and hundreds of times, and yet you as an athlete just can't seem to do it despite the thousands of reps and the fact that you could probably perfectly recite what the coaches told you. Self-awareness is just utterly essential to improving at anything. Many know what they need to improve at, but few understand the why and the how. Elite athletes have the ability to take a step back and analyze what they're doing with each action or skill on both a technical and a mental level. But do you have the self-awareness, the proprioception to understand where in the chain of events to complete this complicated skill you're going wrong and ask yourself why? Developing skill in anything is a process that starts with self-awareness to allow for self-discovery. Elite athletes love competing, yes, but what separates them from the rest is that they are addicted to figuring out how their minds and bodies work and then change themselves evolving in real time. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate your insight. It is always awesome to hear from an athlete on stuff like this because it is such a big part of their job to be self-aware and go through this evaluation. Athletes do have the benefit of video to help with self-awareness. If any of you have ever been an athlete, you know how real things get when coach shows up with the video because there is no hiding. You will become self-aware of whatever, whatever errors you're making. 
Uh, unfortunately, we don't have video of our brains, or, or maybe that is fortunate. We can't see our minds. We can't see our personal growth plans with a video. So we need a different strategy. And that's what we want to get in today is how do we take a look at our process and evaluate it? And it kind of comes in two phases. What kind of success are you have in the actual execution of your plan? And also, what kind of success are you having with your plan taking you towards your results in, in the way that you want? How do you feel about that part? So let's talk about the execution first. How to evaluate your execution. Basically, it's a pretty simple question. Did I follow my plan 100% of the time? Keeping in mind from the previous podcast, we've already made a plan. We've already gone through the process of executing this plan, and now we're just checking on it. How did I do? Did I follow that plan 100% of the time? I personally use checkboxes. I love checking the box. In a lot of areas of my life, it is literally my powerful why. I just want to check the box. When I don't get to check the box, I want to know what sequence of thoughts led me to feeling justified in my choice to stray from my plan. Notice I said choice to stray from the plan. I'm never going to blame a, a circumstance in my evaluation. I'm simply going to say if the circumstance changed, then I had the opportunity to make a choice. This is the choice I made. I want it very objectively, neutrally, and, and without any sort of a judgment of whether that was a good thing or a bad thing out on the table. I just want to look at it purely on the basis of did I execute or not? And if not, why not? Once these thoughts and choices are honestly and objectively brought to light, they can be evaluated and choices about the future become available to me. That part's generally pretty simple. Just taking a look at whether or not you did what you said you were going to do. The next part gets a little more complicated. How to evaluate the plan. Now I want to add a little context here because this process tends to stir up judgment. But you can sort of set the stage to limit that. No matter how bad it went, no matter how big the fail or how silly the plan seems now that you played it through and saw the actual result, the alternative is to never have played it through and not know the information yet. Doing the wrong thing is already leaps and bounds ahead of doing nothing. So no matter how ridiculous the plan seems now that you've done it, it's not about judgment of what that means about you, that you executed the plan. It's simply that, okay, now I have that data, I can evaluate it and I can adjust. So, so with that in mind, let's take a look at how we can evaluate our plan. First is simply to check the distance from the goal and distance from the start. This is the most obvious, the most common, and probably the most error laden. Results are a part of any process. There, there's no point in pretending they're not, no matter how process-focused we want to be. We all love to win, but the results have to be kept in perspective. There's actually a great story that a volleyball coach shared with me that really highlights this concept. This is from Michael Hawk. He says, it was the final match of the season. Skinny little kid had never served overhand over the net in a match and only a few times even in practice. We were playing for the fifth in the oh my goodness division and we're down 15 to 22. It comes around for her serve and she looks over to me. Now there'd be no reason for her to look over at me since I let them serve wherever they think they should serve. 
So I knew she was looking for my blessing to serve overhand. Of course, I gave her the thumbs up. As she prepares to serve overhand, all of our parents lining the side near her call out, No! She completely disregards their advice and promptly plugs her serve right into the net. She was so proud of her own courage that she beamed after the missed serve. I was proud of her too, even if the parents disagreed. Hell with the parents. If we're going down, we're going down in flames. So checking the distance is important, but if I'm going to walk 20 miles, it doesn't help me to say, am I there yet every five minutes? Are we there yet? No, we are not. Are we there yet? No. And then feel disappointed that the answer is no. This is just an unhelpful evaluation. What is helpful is to check on my physical condition, my progress, the distance I've covered, and how I like how I covered it. Do I need water? Do I need to speed up? Do I need a break? Do I need to get up from the break I've been on for the past 30 minutes? Go ahead and do this in your own process. Check your financial spreadsheets. Take a look at the number on the scale. Have a calendar with the milestones printed on it. Those are all great things, but the purpose is simply to find out if you are taking care of yourself as you continue on this journey. If you like your experience, if you like how you're showing up, not to assess your capability. You've already committed to the execution of your plan. You're only evaluating for in-flight adjustments at this point. Number two, check your emotions. Emotions are indicators and indicators are feedback. Wit always asks, and how did that make you feel when you threw away the leftover chili cheese fries instead of finishing your husband's discarded food? It was crazy. I wasn't resisting this time. I felt empowered. I had this thought like I can either waste this food in the trash or I can waste it in my body. And I choose the trash. That is a great evaluation. Notice the client in that case said, I feel empowered. That is an emotion that, that lets you know that you're on the right track. She usually then asks, and how did you feel after you did it? The client might respond, I felt really proud. I even sort of stopped and looked at the trash can and asked, who am I with this little smile? Proud. Another great feeling that we're looking for to help us know that we're on the track. This is great feedback to look at how our plan is working. So do you feel guilt, joy, shame, confidence, disgust, pride, frustration, empowered? Taking the time to be honest with our brain's natural indicators is a key component for beneficial evaluation. The fact is that our actions are fueled by our emotions. If I'm feeling defeated while taking actions associated with my plan, then we call that white knuckling. And the thing about white knuckling is it never lasts. Maybe you've even experienced this. You pump yourself up to make a change. You give yourself a little pep rally inside your head. Then you dig hard into your willpower. And after you've got yourself on an emotional high, you ride that for a while. For a while. And then you lose motivation and ultimately quit again. Maybe you make that mean that you're not capable or that you lack the willpower to really do hard stuff. The truth is that if your emotion doesn't fuel your action, you have only two reasonable choices. You can change the action or change the emotion. How do you change the emotion? You change the thought. 
because every emotion is caused by a thought and every thought is optional. How do you change the thought? The short answer is you get some coaching, preferably from Whit and me. Third technique, journal and reread your journal. Have you ever had that experience of watching your own kid or dog grow? You look back at a photo from years ago and your jaw dropped at how small they used to be. Where did the time go? How did this happen? When did this happen? We just don't see because we're there the whole time and the process has such tiny steps. The key to evaluation is to look past this blind spot to get distance from the timeline and see the greater journey. A gratitude journal to shift brain focus, thought downloads and thought models on a daily basis. Uh, recording your victories to build evidence of your ability. Having conversations with your future self and, and writing down the insights you gain. Dreams, goals, aspirations, all written down in a journal. This is a great way to evaluate your process by documenting it along the way and then going back and rereading that to give yourself a picture of your journey. I, I'd say it's actually probably the closest thing we have to video feedback of your mindset. Wit has really had some amazing experiences with this that get me all fired up about the value of this technique. It was really cool. I was going through one of my old journals um, probably two years prior to um, Jake and I getting married. And I literally had tears in my eyes because I was just completely blown away. I had become the woman that I was consistently trying to believe I could become. I had been working towards becoming a woman who would attract a God-fearing man. I was really working on um, finances and becoming debt-free, but it felt impossible. I was really, really trying to become someone who no longer drank alcohol, but also didn't crave alcohol. And, and finally, someone who didn't struggle with their weight. When I was reading my journal, I was like, man, if I could just lose 20 pounds and keep it off, that would be incredible. And so as I was going through all of my goals and, and kind of how I pictured my life being, I remember feeling like that feels so far away. I remember thinking that feels impossible. So it was really, really cool to come across this journal. Um, I think it's it's a powerful way of showing um, the work, the progress that we do. And um, yeah, I, I, I was definitely blown away. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. So make sure that when you do this, you evaluate your plan, not your value. The purpose is adjustment, not punishment. Remembering that correction is not rejection. The last little warning I'll point out is to watch out for arbitrary measures that were never part of the plan. This one gets me all the time. I am constantly seeking the balance between pushing my body and allowing time for recovery. I often mess this up and I get hurt. Once I can finally admit that I'm hurt, I commit to some sort of recovery plan. Recently, I was attempting to put on some weight by lifting uh, for my upper body. And the more I did it, I ended up hurting my shoulder. 
and I had to really uh, adjust my plan and go back and decide to, to put a priority on healing my shoulder. Well, in the process of healing my shoulder, I was not building muscle in my upper body. And often I would become frustrated because when I measured my distance towards my goal, it seemed like I was not making any progress because I wasn't getting stronger. But that is sort of a trick of my lower brain and, and a, a false measurement because I wasn't aiming at getting stronger at that point. I was aiming at recovering the ability of my shoulder. And so that's one thing you just want to watch out for in this evaluation. Make sure you don't commit to letting your shoulder recover and then feel defeated because you're measuring against the strength that's building in your upper body. In real life, this shows up in a lot of different ways. I have decided to focus on pure connection instead of self-growth during a family trip and then kind of felt like a failure for falling off my growth habits, even though my connection was incredible. Witt and I sometimes decided to, to focus on providing free value just for the sake of building relationships and our own personal coaching skills, but then we judged ourselves as failures because we didn't sell the way that we wanted to. And the most important example is that sometimes I make a decision to show up with my family or friends or clients after carefully considering how I want to look back on the interaction and, and how I want to be proud of how I showed up. But I end up evaluating my plan based on the other person's response to how I chose to show up. And that's crazy because I have no control over that. Those are all cases where I sort of set my mind to set out for one specific goal but then measured against another and felt as if I came up short even when I was successful. I really like the expression, put the cards on the table. And in this process of self-growth, that looks like writing the goals and the choices down. It's like a contract with yourself. When it comes time to evaluate, you have a written target. And you can check your progress, your emotion, and your journey based on that target. You've all heard the saying, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Many of us get caught up in this. We have all of this evidence that confirms that we are stupid, that we're inadequate, that we're incapable, that we can't execute the plans that we make for ourselves, that we can't achieve the growth that we desire. Often that evidence is the result of measuring the wrong thing. When it comes to evaluating your progress as you strive toward this self-growth, you know that the video review is way more difficult with the coach in the room. Can an athlete make adjustments on their own? Of course they can. But their progress is so much slower than it is with a coach. It's the same for you. You are going to be successful. Steadfast is simply offering a faster pace and a much more enjoyable ride. Thanks for joining us today. It is always our hope that this little journey together leaves you feeling empowered, inspired, or simply stirs up your craving to live a little bigger. If you want more, you want to go deeper, you want to ask a question, or you know someone who might be able to access more joy with a little bit more steadfast in their life then please head over to SteadfastLifeCoaching.com and let's get connected. Have fun out there.